Well, the Lord be praised. Amen. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We begin with a well-known scripture, yet is it well-lived? Jeremiah 29, 11, reading from the NIV, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The New Living Translation, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And the New King James Version reads, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. There are no plans like the plans of the Lord. None compare. There are no thoughts like the thoughts of the Lord. Literally, plan, purpose, work, imaginations. The intentions of the Lord concerning a people. His intentions concerning the individual. Humankind question the intentions of the Lord. If it were not so, the plans would surely be embraced. Do they view the Lord as one with hidden motives, a hidden agenda? Do they simply not believe that one would exist, having plans to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them a hope and a future? Do they view the Lord as one views a man? Or are the plans of the Lord not freeing enough the human quest to master their own life and domain? If the blinders could be taken off, every person would come to know the facts. There are two at work in the earth, the Lord and the enemy of our souls. What are the plans of the enemy? What are the thoughts he thinks toward us? John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have, that they may have it more abundantly. Uh, you say today, well, that's said about the enemy, not what the enemy said. Well, perhaps we take a trip to the front of the book in order to see what kind of plans the enemy has for us. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat 
the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So, the plans of God are the plans of the enemy. The thoughts of God or the thoughts of the enemy. The reality is, we all find place in this historical account. Here we have a man and a woman blessed of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord upon them. A man and a woman that walked with the Lord, they had been given an incredible opportunity, an incredible life. His plans upon them to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them a hope and a glorious future. Blessed intentions. What more could one long for? What more could one desire than the perfect plans of God? I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Genesis chapter 1, beginning of verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food, also to every beast, Every beast of the earth, every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. The intentions of the Lord, the thoughts of the Lord, the plan of God. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Well, we head to the next chapter. Genesis 2, beginning at verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good for man. It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. 
Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Let's take a moment and state a fact here. God's way is man and woman. Now, I'm not one to quote from the Apocrypha, works outside of the accepted canon of Scripture, and yet there is an interesting verse found in the book of Wisdom. Wisdom 4, verse 3, Let the wicked gender as they will, it shall nothing avail them. What? Those... Those bastard slips, should those bastard slips ever strike their roots deep, base the tree firm? Now, might the author be condemning marriage with the heathen? Fitting. And yet, how fitting the way it reads concerning the days upon us. The wicked thrust in the earth today is the plan of the enemy. The thoughts of the enemy, the imaginations and intentions to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's clear as day, the devil's after the children. You see, Jesus said, bring the little children to me. And the devil knows Scripture, and he's stealing this from the plan book of the Lord. And he is perverting a generation, all those that accept his plan and thoughts. It's blatant. It's obvious. You know, church, we can't play light with this. We must tell it like it is. We must tell our children the black and white, and we must take our children to Jesus. Now, just so we're all educated according to the biblical standard and responsible moving forward concerning the level of revelation we have received... Leviticus 18.22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Leviticus 20, verse 13, if a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Mark 10, verses 6 to 9, But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate the right relation. The book of Romans, Romans 1, 24 to 28. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness 
in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchange the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. The ESV reads, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Jude 1.7, Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desires, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. This is the Bible way. The true standard. This is the plan of God. The thoughts of God, the imaginations of God, the intentions of God. Plans to prosper, not to harm, to give a hope and a future. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11. And do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, the footnote reads those submitting to homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed." But you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Clear as day. You know, it matters not what the world says or what the deceived say or what the compromised crowd shouts. Though the flood filth of the enemy come, the standard of the Lord shall prevail. Hold the line, people of God. Do not exchange the truth of God for a lie, for the lie. I want to share an email I received Friday, December 2nd, 2011. When I first began this ministry, I spoke in churches all over America. Warning of the moral landslide to come. I told people in Iowa, Oklahoma, and all the southern states that drugs would strike even the smallest hamlet. Pushers would appear in schools and on playgrounds. I warned of blatant homosexuality with nude parades taking place in our cities, and I prophesied that nudity and sexual acts would air on primetime television. Many people who heard me preach thought I had come from Mars. 
Pastors berated me, and sincere Christians came to me saying, no way, God will never let that happen in America. Today, some of those people are grandparents. They sit before their TV watching the R-rated movies I prophesied about, and their grandchildren are addicted to drugs and alcohol. The darkness I warned about has come. 2011. Welcome to 2023. Can you imagine how dark it is going to be 10 years from now? Should the Lord tarry, yet I ask you, as you see the darkness deepening on all sides, do you believe it will exceed the light of the gospel? Are you afraid the darkness is going to squash it, snuff it out? No, never. God's people must never be intimidated by the darkness and fury of the enemy. The Bible says Jesus is going to rise and shine in the darkness no matter how dark the world becomes. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined, Isaiah 9-2. We live in a time of widespread, de widespread death and darkness. But God says that in such times he will shine his light the brightest. I will bring the blind by the way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. Isaiah 42, 16. No darkness will ever stop God's light. So get your eyes off the darkness, off the sin, off the fury of violent people, and believe the Lord for the bursting forth of his shining, diffusing light. Hold the line. Don't exchange the truth for the lie. If you're here today and you don't believe, exchange the lie for the truth. Back to the book of Genesis. So what happened with Adam and Eve? The option of two sets of plans, two sets of thoughts. The imaginations, the intentions of the Lord, and that of the enemy of their souls. Well, we're going to take in quite a bit of Scripture here, chapter 3, beginning of verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife played hide-and-seek from the Lord. They hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God came. He called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman 
whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception in pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. The Bible has all the answers. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth, bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden. It's God's grace that he sent them out. Sent them out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed a cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Well, here we are alive in the earth. And my, do we see the results and feel the results and live in a world of results because the plans and thoughts of the enemy were bit into that day. The truth of God exchanged for a lie. Now, praise the Lord that he didn't leave humanity without a promise. <laughs> the promise of one that would come to ransom and rescue us. One that would come with a plan and thoughts that would repair the breach. That at the acceptance of the Son of God slain for humanity and through repentance and a decision to follow this Jesus, we might be freed from the fangs of the devil. That our fate would no longer be determined by his plans and thoughts. Hear the word of the Lord today, and I quote from a song, the only freedom we have is in a man nailed to a tree. Jeremiah 29, 11, the Wycliffe Bible. For I know the thoughts which I think on you, saith the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not of torment, that I give to you an end and patience. For I know the thoughts which I think about you, saith the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not of torment, so that I shall give you a good ending. You know, all of God's plans are good. He has only good in his heart concerning you. 
The boundaries and borders he has for us are for our protection, for our health, for our wholeness, for our blessing, for our glory. Our perfect Father knows the destroyer that's after us. So he offers us his plans and his thoughts. The question is, will we choose his paths? Or are they not freeing for us? Not freeing enough. Right from the beginning of the book. If we could pull from Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Concerning humankind, concerning mankind, concerning a man and a woman. I know the plans I have for you. And then he went on to declare. And they surely were plans to prosper, not to harm, to give a hope and a glorious future. And right then the enemy showed up. Has God said? Questioning his intentions. Questioning his motives, questioning God. And that very day they exchanged the truth for a lie. And it's still happening today. Jeremiah 29, 11, the Amplified, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, and not for evil, to give you a hope in your final outcome. The greatest life we could ever know is a life that tracks with the plans of God. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. 1 John 5, verses 1 to 5, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves Him who begot also loves Him who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, your faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I hope we hear it today. I hope we feel it today. His perfect heart toward us. Let's give ourselves fully to the plan of the Lord. As those who want nothing else except His plans and thoughts. Faith in His truth. Faith in the truth in the Word of God. The pure Word of God. Not exchanging it 
for a lie. Life's going to play out, and it must. For His glory, honor, and fame. You see, concerning each of us, there is the general plan of God. And there is the specific. With regards to each, the Lord says to us, For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And those words are so true. And those that know the beauty of the Lord's plans and thoughts testify. The Lord wants to use us. The Lord wants to use you. The Lord wants to use you concerning His great kingdom plan. The prospering of His kingdom in the earth. Choose His plans. The Lord wants to bless this generation through you and He wants to secure A future generation should the Lord Jesus tarry. Embrace his plans. We may not always know how we are being used, but one day we will. The words of A.W. Tozer, when God brings all things to light, you will discover just how significant you've been in God's plan. Be encouraged today. Be strengthened today. Rise up in faith today. Do not be intimidated. No spirit of fear. Grant us boldness, Lord. Let's hold the line. Let's speak truth. Let's hold the truth. Let's declare the truth. Peace, if possible, truth at all costs, Martin Luther. It's in your hands. When the enemy comes, will you take the bait and trade the truth, exchange the truth for a lie? Or will you hold the line? No matter the cost. That's the problem. Cost. If there was no cost, recently, in conversation, this individual speaking to someone in the education realm and so discouraged with what's taking place. And what do we do about it? The person said to that person, well, you got to speak up. He said, well, if I speak up, I'm going to get annihilated. Great. 
Like, so what? Let's just shut up, not say anything. Is that what God would have us do? Just think about it. Jesus spoke up. Listen, he was, he was kind, he was compassionate, he was full of love, but Jesus cared more about the truth than feelings. He cared more about the truth than relationships. He cared more about the truth than popularity, than friendship. He cared more about the truth. He was unwilling. The enemy came to him. We know it's true. Trying to bait the Savior to exchange the truth for a lie. But Jesus wouldn't have it. Psalm 33, 11, the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Let's have the worship team return today. Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Listen, he is a personal God. He is a living God. And he will instruct and teach us. He will guide us. Thank the Lord today for his plans. Thank the Lord today for his thoughts toward you. Make a fresh commitment to know no other life than a life surrendered fully to the plans and thoughts of the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ here today, exchange. Exchange the lie for the truth of the Lord. Only truth sets free. There are only two options. The plans of God that include a Savior. Or the plan of the enemy of our souls. Choose the truth. Because one day you will pass from this life. You say, well, I'm not sure what's on the other side. Are you willing to gamble? With your soul concerning eternity? These aren't playground games. This is serious. One day we will pass from this life and we're going to stand. We're going to be judged. And I believe the Bible, I believe the Word of God. Listen, we've been reading. It's got all the answers. <laughs> one day we will be judged, and we will spend eternity in one of two places. And we will either spend eternity with our God or with the enemy of our souls. 
that's the ultimate plan of the devil. The devil knows his end. And he knows time is short and time's running out. So here he comes with this flood. Trying to get as many as possible to exchange the truth for a lie. That they'd go to their grave believing a lie. His commands are not burdensome. They are life. That right there is a lie of the enemy. God's commands are burdensome. Years ago now, I preached a message at youth. It was called Lines. How many here have ever colored in a coloring book? Come on. I'm sure everything, but how many still color in a coloring book? You know, you open it up, it's an image. The goal is to stay in the lines, correct? Stay in the lines and color in the lines. You know, lines exist for a reason. If our living is likened to a coloring book, how is our coloring? Sexual purity, godly relationships, entertainments, music, attitude, conduct, character, speech. We could go on. Coloring in his lines or outside. Lines exist showing us what's pleasing to God, to protect us, to bless us, prosper, not harm, to give us a hope and a future. Church, see the lines and be precise. Let's stand in the house of the Lord today. As we close here, if you need prayer for anything, please, the altar's open. Pertaining to the message or not, if you want to give your heart to the Lord, step out of your seat, come forward. We'd love to give you a Bible. You can also receive one as you exit today. The ushers would love to give you a Bible. You begin to read, turn to the book of John and take in the truth. Jesus, we give you our lives. You are everything, Lord. When we lift this up, Jesus, you are Jesus. You are everything, Jesus. The name we love to sing, Jesus. Forever one we don't.